the number one thing is that to change with it, to be with it, to be one with life is you need to understand and be one with yourself first. Today on Supernormalized, we have David Masano. He's uh, grown up in a really large family and um, had some, what he calls a bit of a cult experience along with that. And that led to some challenges in his life, which led to depression and um, some potential suicide attempts that luckily he didn't take. So we have here today, David. So David, was that a good introduction or is there anything else that you'd like to say about yourself? That was perfect. I mean, the only other thing is I went to the military and uh, left the military early because of some some of the ideals that stuck in me with that religion. But other than that, that was spot on. Okay, so would you say that that religious experience from a very early age pretty much controlled everything in your life? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so it was it was definitely a uh, weird endeavor growing up. Um, it was cool growing up in such a big family, but both of my parents were extremely religious. My mom wasn't as much as my dad was. Yeah. Um, my dad was just all in. He was, I'm going to do this. Um, and basically, if my, my mom didn't follow him, it was like, we're done type thing. Wow. Um, yeah, it was it was insane. But basically, the the key thing of why I called it a cult was because it separated them they separated themselves from what they called the world, which is everything outside of that church. And it was a very small religion. It was only about fifty members in every big state, but they could not grow. Be and they didn't they didn't understand why. But then as I grew up and learned more about them, it was like oh, I understand why you're not growing now. It's like they just yeah. taught methods of don't get money, uh, believe in God and you'll go to heaven, you know? And if you don't get baptized in this church, you're going to go to this place called hell where you're going to burn into eternity forever. And they would use that as a fear factor against us children to make us, instead of going to school, instead of going and finding our passions, instead of going out into the world and exploring, they said, oh, like, come to this church, you'll be happy, you'll be safe, and you'll go to this place called heaven. Never once did they explain to us what that was. And as I grew up, I became more and more sad within and, and didn't like what it was. It felt like I got pushed into this and mm -hmm. it still lingered with me today. I mean, it was, it was a big endeavor growing up and it, I like my family is it's hurt more of some of my family more, members more than me. Um, I was luckily able to see it at a young age and be able to leave early but a lot of my family members were affected and still are affected by it. Just how it holds them in a spot where they don't want to go places, where they don't want to do certain things because it's stuck and ingrained in their mindset. Yeah, wow. But everything that I did, once I started to grow up, I think 
I really started to make my own steps in life when I was about 16 years old. I decided to move out of the house and move on my own with a family member. Yeah. Um, and because of that, going out into the world alone, it was one of the scariest things I ever felt. Everything mm -hmm. was just so different. It wasn't enclosed. Um, he was taking risks, learning how to take risks, learning to get out there, learning about new people, meeting new people. And all of this stuff was was new to me. I was scared. At, at points, I was depressed. I felt alone because I wasn't taught any of this. We yeah. were taught that if you go to this church, you would basically be saved from everything outside of outside and basically go to this place called heaven when you would be suffering here on earth. And it made no sense to me. Right, right. So you did you actually have happy times when you were like a young little little child? We did. Definitely. I don't think I really understood that it was a cult until I started to grow up like when I was about 14, 15 and I could actually analyze things um, and understand things better. As a kid, it was definitely fun. I mean, everything was fun. We grew up poor. So, I mean, we learned to make things out of nothing. It was mm. such, that was one thing that I am grateful for is because we didn't have such a rich background. We learned to build things out of nothing, build bonds, okay. build friendships and things like that. So growing up, we had, I had such a big family mm. to the point that I didn't really need friends. So we learned how to bond and learned how to create great experiences ourselves. Yeah, right. So were you in a um, country situation or was this on the city or where were you? So where it right? was basically, uh, I'd say it was small town. It small was town. near, yeah, it's right in between San Francisco and Sacramento of California in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, just a small town called Fairfield Sassoon area. Um, okay. But we grew up in um, Vallejo, California, and then we moved over to Fairfield. It's literally all the same it's not very far away from each other okay okay and so you said there was not many families that were involved in this church and did you actually interact with those other families or did your family keep to itself but only saw each other during church services no so the crazy thing about it is yes there were more more families and the crazy thing about it is that when you were in the church you were accepted so you were treated like family everyone was treated the same you were welcomed in with happy arms. Everyone was, oh, like, you're amazing. You accepted God into your life, this type of stuff. And then as soon as you choose and wake up and you start to think for yourself, you're no longer accepted. You're an outcast. If yeah. you talk to them, they basically, you get, you get shunned, basically. It happened to one of my oldest brothers where he spoke out because he didn't believe some of the things that were in that church. And basically, they threw him out, basically withdrew from him. Um, and then they excommunicated him, with, which basically means that when you're withdrew from, you basically cannot be talked to or you'll be thrown out with them. And then so excommunicated mm. is even worse. Exiled. Exiled. Yeah. Yes. Wow, that's harsh. So did yeah. you, so you witnessed that and did that make you even more scared of saying anything at the time? Oh, man, it was it was crazy because my oldest it was my oldest brother um he was one of the biggest inspirations and not just my own but my my entire family looked up to him he was just a big inspiration uh had so many goals set out in front of him learned how to do real estate went to the military military uh not real estate he did insurance and opened his own company and mm. he was very successful in teaching about how to live a happy life how to be a better person and he started to figure out things about the church and he questioned them. And as soon as he started it, 
it just was like, oh, no, like, he needs to go type thing. And for me seeing that, it was very heartbreaking. And not only for me, but my other family members and also him. But growing up, it once I saw that, I was definitely scared to see that that happens. But at the same time, I started questioning it. I was like, what is going on? Why is he getting torn apart like this? And he got torn apart in front of everyone in that church. That was the other thing, too. Wow. So that made an example of him. Yes, exactly. That's awful. That's awful. Yeah. So do yeah, you keep exactly. in contact with, with your family now um, after all your, you know, uh, your escape? Yeah. So it most of us stay together. Um, I left for a while. I lived with one of my sisters in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, I then moved to L.A. on my own after I graduated high school. Um, I lived near uh, one of my sisters who I also kept in contact with. And uh, but both of those sisters that I lived with and uh, they had tons of traumas based off of that church. And it was you can see it never left their talk. It was always stuck in what they did and what they what they said. It always you could see that they were fighting with it daily. It was a daily battle to not let that hold them back. Right, um, right. I do I do now. I keep in contact. I actually live with one of my brothers, and I'm very close to a few of them, and we keep in good contact. Excellent. Okay. Okay. So you have a support system there with the members of your family that are open to change. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you grew up in this, and um, then you went to school. How was it like going to school, or did you do get homeschooled with all this? So we went to public school just because homeschool was too many for eighteen. Um, there was only my mom and my dad yeah, right. had tried to get a had, and like I said, they didn't believe in making a lot of money. So my dad did not work a lot of the time, and he fed off of the government, which that was one thing I hated about that religion is they told us basically to live and follow this governmental rule. And I was like, man, this, and growing up, once I really realized it, I understood like, this is insane. Um, but also just going to school, it was, it was different. It was definitely different. Going into college was probably the hardest one. Mm -hmm. Um, it just was different. I didn't have family. I didn't have support. Everyone that I grew up with were like, why are you doing this? You need to get baptized. And it was a culture shock for me, but with time, you'd soon adapt, I believe. Yeah, right, right. Okay, so school, did you did you socialize with other people at school, and did they get an understanding of what you were experiencing? So the one thing that I am glad for is that I was born in the 18 brothers and sisters family um, because it taught me how to socialize. It taught me you cannot stay in your shell. Um, it's not good for you, number one, and being a part, being around so many people all the time, you're going to have to talk. Yeah. Um, so going out there, I think I had a little more outgoing personality. I was able to talk and communicate and be there with other people. I wasn't that afraid of them. It was just more so that their culture was different than mine um, that I grew up in. And that when I tell people this story, it's like, you're not the first one that I've told, but when I tell people this story, it's like, wow, like you went through that. And to me, it's normal. But yeah. then when I tell other people, they're like, what in the, that's, that's insane. Like, how did you go through that? But yeah, yeah going to school was, it was a culture shock more than socialization shock. Mm -hmm. And um, so you actually, you enjoyed school? 
I definitely did. I enjoyed in school, uh, in person school. I would say online it was a little, little different because, like I said, I'm a more outgoing, outspoken type of person. I love yeah. to communicate. I love to be around other people. Okay. Uh, going to school was definitely fun for me because it gave me that exploration type mindset. Yeah, right. Very cool. Very cool. So you're in school, you've done your studies and everything, and uh, you finish school and you decide to go into the military. Tell us about that. Yeah, so the military was a wild ride. Uh, it was a big part of my life. I was that part where I told you I was close to actually not wanting to be here anymore. I was at that point and it was just, I work out. Now I'm a fitness coach, but at yeah. that point I worked out and I just worked out for fun. So I would go to the gym, go to school, and it was right when COVID had just started to happen. Yes. Um, so I'd go to work, go to school, and work out. And that was literally my life for so long. And I grew unbearably, I wouldn't say sad, but I would say unbearably unfulfilled. Yeah, and right. I wanted something more. Mm -hmm. And when I, I wanted to be a badass, and I think the Marine Corps was the number one thing that I chose and saw to be that thing. So I chose to go in the Marine Corps in 2020. Um, I joined and when I got there, it was definitely a life-changing experience. It taught me a lot about struggle, about life, about pushing through struggles, about being committed to yourself, being a leader, having structure in life. It was one of the greatest experiences. And I would recommend, even though a lot of people talk bad about it and even I will talk bad about it sometimes too, just because of where it's gone. I totally recommend people to take that experience because it not only made me a better person physically, mentally, I've become a stronger person as well. Yeah, right, right. So it actually gave you uh, a lot more uh, sensitive um, understanding of basically what it what it means to be you and how you place yourself in the world. Yes. Yeah, Excellent. it was it, it was wild that way, yeah. Yeah, very cool, very cool. And it, so you've come out of the military, you've started up your own business as a uh, um, personal trainer, and you're right into fitness now. So this is what you do for a living now? Yes, yeah, so I actually gave up everything for it. I, was, I went to school after I got out of the military, uh, just working, going to school, and I told myself I was going to – get a bachelor's degree to basically go back into the military as an officer. Yes. Um, as things started to progress, I knew that that wasn't going to happen as recruiters started calling me and they told me that I wasn't going to be able to join again um, just because of a code. It was a RE4 code basically stating that you cannot join the military again. But leaving that, I knew that I need, I was destined for something greater. Er ever since I was young, I knew I had something better in me. And I knew there was a light that I needed to figure out and how, how to let it shine. Yeah. Now, the number one thing that I found after the military was a book called uh, How to Change the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I never will ever, ever forget that book in my life. It taught me about the power of consciousness, about the power of changing the feeling of your life, about being better than what you were, about growing your mindset to focus and be an observer on what you want to be instead of an observer on what you don't want to be. And that book totally changed my mindset into making the change to give up everything, quit my job and focus on something that I found in fitness mindset and nutrition on how to make your life better. And it was basically focusing on your nutrition 
and training every day, five to six days a week, and how it changes and forms your mindset to become a better person and live the life that you want to have. That's excellent. That's excellent. So you did actually have some bouts of uh, depression um, in your past. Um, how did you get there and and what did you do about it? Man, so the one thing that I realized, and especially reading Dr. Joe Dispenza's book, was you cannot let things linger. And when I was younger, the first time, it happened twice, actually. The first time that I had it happen was when I was about 15 years old. I think it was 14, 15. I had went into this phase of life was just not, there was no point to it. My family was constantly bickering uh, about this religion that we were stuck in. My parents were back and forth. Um, it just was very unsturdy for a child or a kid at that age to actually thrive in, to grow in, to live a happy life. And it was constantly like me trying to find ways to get away from life. Um, and I found passions like art and sport to actually get away from that. But even during that time, I just felt so alone and so away from everything that I just did not want to be there anymore. And there was a point in my life, I think it was when I was 14 years old, I was close to doing it. And I, a lot of my family members actually know this, um, but basically I had shut up like I, for an entire year, I did not talk at all. Like no words came out of my mouth for almost an entire year. Um, and it gave me a lot of clarity at a young age. It was impressive to me to do something like that. But I realized watching the words that come out of your mouth, you kind of change a lot in your life. And it was a drastic thing for me. I, I literally did not talk. And if I did talk, it was very minimal words like yes or no. But if I did not have to talk, I would not talk at all. And it was not a seclusive thing. I just became an observer of life. And I think it was very freeing for me in that state. Mm. When you were in that state and you weren't talking, did you have internal dialogue? That is a good question. Yeah, were you, or were you sitting back and just watching even that and just letting it go? I think I was giving myself the room to experience it. I wasn't fighting it. I wasn't forcing things. I simply was just sitting there and observing and letting it happen. You know, mm -hmm. and I think giving giving it that space, giving it that freedom to do it yeah. and not pushing it or running away from it and simply just going through it eases up everything. I think not running away from that problem. I know we might label it as depression, but I don't think it it is that. I think we all go through those times in life and they're inevitable. Um, you definitely have to have people in your life where you can go and have a shoulder to cry on or someone to talk to. I know talking was a big one the second time going into it, but the first time I had no one, I decided that it was just going to be me and I was just going to let it happen and I wasn't going to say anything. And I simply just watched and it was just sitting back and watching life unravel. And it was a very, very freeing experience. It was carefree. I have to say it was one of the most carefree things. Um, even in school, I did very well in school because of it as well. And it was like I I had a lot of discipline to do that. But at the same time, it was freeing to not say things that didn't need to be said. And I realized that you don't need to be saying a lot in life. And you can literally 
live day by day. And especially words are very powerful things. I think your podcast name is perfect for it because words have a lot of meaning. And when you say certain things, especially the feeling and the thought that you put behind it, it can do a lot to those to reality. And so watching what I said, I think had a huge effect on the way my mind and the way my life turned out. Exactly, exactly. So you discovered for yourself that coming directly to your senses and sitting in them rather than actually questioning things or saying things um, to interfere with that experience became the pure experience for yourself. Exactly. And I think there is a, the, I believe it's the, the farmer, it's the Chinese farmer uh, short story. I love that, man. It, it was like a perfect idea of what it was to yeah. simply just go through life and let things be. And it's, it's like, a- stop trying to make things this or stop trying to make things that. It just is. Yeah. If if you broke your foot, oh, man, that's bad. No, it's maybe it is. Okay, because you broke your foot, you can't go to the military. It's those type of things. We never exactly. know why things happen. And I think just simply watching and observing and just letting things happen is a very freeing thing. Yeah, that's a very zen sort of space to, to live in for sure. I just wanted to interject here. Uh, the story about the Chinese farmer is nothing short of amazing in a very simplistic way. So I thought I'd better read it so people have an understanding of what it's about if they hadn't heard before. A farmer and his son had a beloved horse who helped the family earn a living. One day the horse ran away and the neighbors exclaimed, Your horse ran away. What terrible luck. The farmer replied, Maybe so, maybe not. A few days later the horse returned home, leading a few wild horses back to the farm as well. The neighbors shouted out, Your horse has returned and brought several horses home with him. What great luck. The farmer replied, Maybe so, Maybe not. Later that week, the farmer's son was trying to break one of the horses, and she threw him to the ground, breaking his leg. The neighbors cried, Your son broke his leg? What terrible luck! The farmer replied, Maybe so, maybe not. A few weeks later, soldiers from the National Army marched through town, recruiting all boys for the army. They did not take the farmer's son because he had a broken leg. The neighbors shouted, Your boy is spared. What tremendous luck. To which the farmer replied, Maybe so, maybe not. We'll see. As a part of your experience, you also found yourself in a position where you were thinking about um, taking your own life. And how was that for you? And what was your way of um, getting through that? And um, what did you discover about yourself by releasing yourself from that stress upon yourself that you're thinking you should do that oh man it was uh it was a rough time it was definitely a rough time and it was towards the end of my career in the marine corps yeah um i had yeah i had chose to to leave the marine corps it i just didn't agree with the um the leadership there they had no consideration for younger marines and it was just like we were their stepping stool you know and we they had no respect for the the type of people that we were and it was like no one cares about them which to a point i agree with it because it makes you a stronger person and you need to start proving yourself with action but even the ones that i did feel like proved themselves with action were still mistreated and basically it was 
I felt like a lot of the leadership in the Marine Corps were people that never were leaders before. So they took advantage of that role. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I realized is I grew the point where I got extremely to the point of committing suicide was a point where I was called into a duty where I was actually working at my job to get a promotion to make more money. And it was something I was working on as I started reading into Joe Dispenza. I was super excited and I got a call from my leadership saying that you need to be at this place the exact same day that you're going to be going in for your interview for the promotion. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I cannot come. And he was like, this is a U.S. order. Like, do you understand the severity of this? And I was like, man, dude, like this is one of the biggest promotions I can get. I cannot, I do not want to quit. I don't want to stop this. Like you don't, you're making a mistake. I didn't sign up for this. And he was like, well, we need you. So you're coming. And I was like, man, like, and I would be getting a big pay bump from this and it would be helping me change my, my life. And I had a lot of big things lined up for that. And I was so scared because of it. And I remember calling I remember calling my oldest brother and just crying to him and saying, hey, like, this is what's going on. I don't want to be here. I'm done with this. And even the brother that I live with now, I had uh, called him as well. And he definitely helped me out, too. And one of them, too. So the he's not a brother, a blood brother, but he's a brother to me. Yeah. Um, but Jeremy is the person that, like, really changed my life for it, too. Um, he had called me and basically we had talked and he, sorry, I'm, de- I'm definitely getting emotional on that part. Okay. He was okay. definitely the one that helped me out with it. Um, but yeah, he, uh, I called him up and he talked me through it and, uh, gave me the courage to make the decision. And I never, never, ever, ever had, I thought he would do something like that, but he was there, definitely. Sorry, just give me one minute. That's totally okay, man. I did not plan on doing this. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, look, right. I've, I've been through really severe depression and attempted suicide myself when I was younger, and uh, they're very harsh times. And, you know, um, having a friend like you had to help give you the, the leg up and into a you know a better life and a better understanding of yourself and that life is worth it is is really a good thing yeah and i don't think people really understand the severity of it it's uh they cast you out and it, it, making that decision um him helping me make that decision to make that choice and just being there to listen and, and guide me through that it meant a lot and it just after I made the decision, a lot of things unraveled. A lot of my friends left me. A lot of people like disowned me. The people that I lived with kicked me out from the where I lived. I mean, I had a mentor and he dropped me. And it was heartbreaking that it even got worse. But I know Jeremy. Oh, man. It's okay. It's okay. But yeah, the whole way through that man, uh, he definitely stayed with me, and yeah, he gave me the strength to keep going. That's excellent. You're so lucky that yeah. you had you had a friend that was so strong to be able to yeah. be your back and keep keep you moving, keep you moving. Yeah, good thing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. 
So what, and I, that's one thing that I recommend to everyone is have somebody like that. I know it's not easy to find, but yeah, you always need somebody. You cannot stay isolated. That's it's right. extremely you, hard to live life without somebody in it. Yeah, you have to reach out and talk to people if you're going through yeah. stuff, for sure, for sure. Because we've all been through stuff and people will actually listen. They will listen. Exactly, exactly. Mm, yeah. So what actually made you want to change in your life and find purpose? So I think Alex Hormozzi had said it best. Uh, he said that you have to hate the situation and the way your life is now more than you do hate change to be a better person. And that really hit me hard. It was I got to the point where nothing was happening. I knew I had greatness inside of me. I knew I had great abilities. I knew I was a great fitness coach. And I had found amazing things in life that I knew I can give to the world and help them become better, whether it was the depression, whether it was growing up in such a big family and being able to make a change and a difference in my own life and others' lives too. And just in fitness and nutrition alone, I saw an impact with one of my brothers where I helped him lose 40 pounds. And he was into some things too. And he had changed his whole, his whole life because of it, just based off of nutrition and, and training, his mindset actually changed. And he was able to stay in a relationship that he told me was actually at the brink of ending. And just the feeling and joy that I got from being able to keep somebody together like that was a feeling like no another. And I knew I had greatness inside of me and I wanted to express that to the world. And I wanted to make that change. So when I first heard that from Alex Ramosi, there's a guy that I will never, ever, I own the world to him. He's, he's an amazing dude. And he is as, as disrespectful as he might sound, he is very straightforward and to the point and he helps people change their lives. And his name is Wes Watson. And uh, I actually got him as a mentor, luckily, and he helped me set up my own training and build nutrition plans and fitness plans to help other people build their lives up. And I will never, ever forget that because he helped me show me and make myself a better me first. Mm -hmm. And then he taught me to give that to the world because his point is, you need to make the person that you love and respect looking in the mirror and the dream person that you want to be. And then you need to give that person to the world. And that's what he helped me do. And then that's, mm -hmm. that's why I want to change because he showed me how to do it. And now I want to give that same blueprint to other people to change their life. Yeah, right. That's cool. That's cool. So you were actually inspired by Nick Best, which is one of your strongman competitors. And um, what happened there? Oh man, that was, that was also a life-changing moment. I was, uh, so my ninth and 10th grade, I was in a hard spot in my life. I was going to high school. My parents were separating. I was back and forth in houses. Um, I, in my ninth grade, I actually failed my ninth grade. It was, it was a hard point. I was drowning emotionally. Like things were, I just don't believe I was emotionally and mentally stable because of what was going on, especially at such a young age. And I went to ninth grade, failed my entire ninth grade, going from school to school. Um, and then my 10th grade, I decided to start making a change. 
uh, 10th grade, I did a little better, but I started smoking weed and I started getting into drug use. I did nothing more than weed. I think weed and drink, just heavy drinking was all I did, but I was such a young kid at that time. Yeah. Um, my sister in Las Vegas had given me a call because she heard what was going on and asked me if I wanted to move over to her spot to be in a more stable spot. And yeah. when I heard that, I was ecstatic and I immediately said yes. Um, and I was like, this is my chance to stop. This is my chance to make a whole new life. And that's exactly what happened. My junior year of high school, I went out there and I remember I was a skinny kid. I was 150 pounds, uh, six foot. I was very skinny. I was bullied a lot and I hated being that way. So I knew fitness and nutrition needed to become the number one thing um for me and i know that i wanted to join the basketball team too so i wanted to start working out so i could become better stronger faster uh it was just the whole ordeal of becoming a better, better basketball player and i remember i signed up for a weight class in my junior year at shadow ridge high school in um, vegas and i remember my coach had talked to me and he was a very straightforward coach and very to the point like do this do this it'll work and if you took his advice it, it worked but he didn't like la-di-da feel sorry for you and i like that about him but he looked out for those that that wanted to do better and mm -hmm. i could appreciate that um i remember one day that he brought in nick best world's strongest man competitor one of the oldest of them and i remember he walked in and I'm like, man, who in the world is that? Like, huge dude. He's like six foot four, six foot five, 320 pounds, but just huge muscles. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like, this dude is huge. And I remember seeing him and I was like, God, this dude could probably move some heavy weight around. And he sat there and we actually all gathered around in a circle in the class. And he started to give us a speech on why he did fitness. And he actually worked out with my coach in high school personally. And they worked, they were buddies. And he constantly was saying that my coach was better than him. And the only reason that my coach was where he was at was because he got into a car accident and it ruined his whole life. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, I remember sitting there and he was giving his whole spiel about why he got into fitness. His dad had basically abused his mom and the situation that he grew up in and i remember him at the very end he started crying and he said that he never ever wanted that to happen to his kids or his wife and he never wanted to be that person so he got strong and he got fit so that way he can start fighting back against his dad but one of the key proponents and the key words that he said that i will never ever forget in my life was he said if i can do it so can you because he said when he first started, he was only 160 pounds, six foot four, skinny guy and got in and became the world's strongest man. And I was like, I took that to heart. And I was like, there's no excuses now. I'm doing this. And I remember every day that I went into that weight room, I remember I went hard every time. And within a span of a year, I grew by 20 pounds. I was 170 pounds. I only was 10% body fat and I was lifting pretty decent weight. And ever since then, I remember my mentality and my life just totally changed. And I knew for a fact that fitness and nutrition was something that needed to happen to become a better person. And I, after that, I never wanted to give up. Yeah. So you fully embraced fitness 
and training and that actually gave you mental fortitude to keep on going pushing through all your darkest times and exactly. um you made something of it so you're that's where you are now in life and um what 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 happened there so you you've you've made your own business now you're a personal trainer um tell us more about that yeah so it's at the beginning phases like i said wes watson is my mentor and he's helped me a lot through it and I'm just getting it started. I've been into it for about two months now and just changing my own life before that, before I can actually teach other people how to better their life. Yeah. So now I'm just getting my name out there, just getting people to realize the effective method that I have learned to give to the world because I know the method that I teach works and it's customized based off of the people that choose it, what their goals are, what their body weight is, what type of person they are, how committed they are. Mm. I put all these factors in to build a nutrition plan and a fitness plan to help them out. How many days a week they can go to the gym, if they can even go to the gym. And I do that all for them. Um, but I help them realize the biggest factor of why I do all that is to help them realize that there's no magic pill to being happy. There's no magic pill to becoming a better person. It's simply putting in the time, the effort to eating better that will fuel your mind and your body instead of just making you feel good by eating all this junk food. You start eating clean and you start training regularly yeah. and you start to see an entire mindset shift to where not only that your mind and body change, but you start to change your life, whether it's you're in debt, whether it's you're not at the job that you want to be working at, whether it's you don't want to, you're where, living at a spot where you don't want to live at, these little things, these little changes start to give you a better perspective on your life and what you truly want. And they, they help you start to listen to yourself, which is the most effective part of the program is to start listening to yourself and you start getting the answers to become a better person and live the life that you always wanted to live. So would you say then you're more than a fitness trainer? It's more like a holistic life experience trainer? Yes, that's exactly what I go for is holistic training. I don't put it out there as that because I don't want it to sound <laughs> like it's a cult type thing. But <laughs> people un on only people understand it when they do it. I'm actually working with a woman right now and she's making huge strides where she already lost seven, lost seven pounds in two weeks. Wow. Um, and she's seen a whole mental change. One of the, the aspects of it, too, is you wake up at 5 a.m. and you do something called a 20-20-20. And basically, the 20-20-20 method is as soon as you wake up at 5 a.m., you do 20 minutes of hard workout, just a hard workout just to get you sweating. And what that does is it brings up that heart rate and it brings down your amygdala levels and brings down that cortisol levels. So now that your your fear and emotional levels are down and you're nice and calm after that 20 minutes, you then go into 20 minutes of either meditation or journaling. And basically now you can hear yourself, your real self without being super emotional and without going overreactive, being in a fearful state. Now you're in a higher vibration level to where you can start bringing things to life and you can either meditate or you can actually write things down. And basically, you're just writing your, your affirmations, your gratitude, what you want to work on. And then after that 20 minutes, you're going to go into the last 20 minutes of learning. And this is for self-growth. Now you're in a huge 
vibration level, a huge frequency level from doing the workout. And then you're writing your gratitude or you're meditating now. Now your vibration in your brain is huge levels of brain waves. And now you go into reading something that will better you, like whether it's something for your business, whether it's self-development, you read those books. And if you were to do this for a year straight, every day, wake up at 5 a.m. and do that hour process, you will have advanced your entire life by so much. And I'm only saying this from experience. My entire life, not only life, but my mindset changed, which changed my life. And that is why I train a lot of people. And even her, she said that she's gained a lot of mental clarity on her life and who she is as a person. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, I love it. That's, yeah, that's, well, I'm, I'm going to say it's holistic. So that's, that's cool. That's yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it basically is. Yeah, I mean, on here, we're all actually about normalizing the supernatural and unusual and putting it all together. That's, it. that's why I call it super normalized. So that's yeah. why I wanted to come on here. When I saw that title, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is it. I love this. Excellent. Excellent. So, okay. Um, maybe we should cover like how people can find you and stuff. And, and um, you know, I mean, I've, you've, you've actually provided here that you're actually on Instagram. I mean, where are you working? Um, where, where, what are you doing nowadays? I mean, you're actually, which, which town are you in? Can, how can people come and find you and actually come and do your fitness training? Yeah. So there's a few spots that you can find me. So on Facebook, you can look me up, David Masano. And then on Instagram, you can actually look me up at uh, David underscore Masano, one of 18. Uh, I had to put that in there. That's my number one name. Um, but then also, if anyone ever wants to find me in person, I actually am a coach at CrossFit Vacaville North or CrossFit Vacaville in uh, Vacaville, California. And yeah, I teach there. And then online, you can hit me up on Instagram. We can chat. I get to know you and we'll talk about stuff um anytime and i help out anyone wherever you're at and you just have to be committed to becoming a better person you have to really want to change and you have to be uncomfortable where you're at more than you're uncomfortable to change so that's one thing that i recommend is if you're ready to make a change yeah definitely hit me up and then two it's you can definitely call me at any time too my cell phone number can be on here too if you would like me to provide that too Okay, well, we can put that on in the, in the show notes. We'll talk about it after the recording. And um, yeah, so I was going to actually circle all the way back around and ask you about your faith. Do you still yes. have faith? That's a good question. That is a very, I have been thinking about that ever since I grew up. It's, it's a daily thing. Do I actually believe in God? Um, and do I believe, I believe that I believe in a higher power. I believe that something did make all of this, but there's so many different things, whether it's Greek mythology, whether it's Egyptian mythology, I don't find any of that to be wrong. Buddhism, I think they all have a similarity to itself. Mm. And the Egyptians are the number one thing that drew me to it. They have just the amazing architecture of the pyramids. These type of things make me wonder what what is actually out there. What was before? Right. What did happen? How was this earth and universe created? Yeah. Uh, to say that that religion and what I was taught when I was younger, that that is the one thing. No, I don't. I don't believe in that stuff anymore. Uh, I would definitely say I have an open mind to the greater good and figuring out what really does exist. I think that I'm a true follower of that is figuring out what it is 
that we truly are. And in a sense, I believe that we are gods because we create our own lives, you know? Yeah, right. So you wouldn't say that you don't believe in God because you are part of all of everything which is God yes. anyway. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is a perfect way to put it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um now look, you you know this and I know this that you know we're actually going through quite challenging, unusual times. And some people say that this is like the edge of apocalypse. And apocalypse doesn't actually mean end of everything. It means like true revealing of things. So you've probably seen that happening in your life and all the lives of the people around you. And maybe you have some tips on how to um, navigate that for people, or um, you may have seen ways in your life that could, you know, help people understand and see their way through all these challenging times. What do you think could be a good message that you could pass on to everyone so they can get their way through life? Focus on yourself. I think the key thing is going within. I think all the answers are within inside of us and we just have to simply find it, look for it first and find. I think there's one thing that Dr. Joe Dispenza says in his book and it's seeking ye shall find. And I think that's the number one thing is you are a very intelligent being and ask yourself questions. When I read Jordan Peterson's book, The 12 Rules of Life, and he talked about sitting down and genuinely questioning yourself and listening to the answer that you give yourself as if it was perfectly researched from one of the most intelligent beings in the world. And I think that's the perfect thing to do because you start to understand yourself more and more. When you start to sit down and give yourself time to think and listen to yourself and navigate yourself, yourself starts to reveal things to you that you need in your life. So I think that I definitely agree with you that things are changing, times are changing, new things are starting to be revealed. And I think the number one thing is that to change with it, to be with it, to be one with life is you need to understand and be one with yourself first. Brilliant. Yeah, love it. Love it. Okay, so that sounds like a good uh, rounded ending to the to our interview. I've, I've really enjoyed talking with you, David. It's been excellent, and I'm sure that a lot of people will be inspired inspired by what you've uh, you've said and you shared here with us. Thank you very much for sharing. I really appreciate having you on the show. I'll put into the um, show notes all the details that you provide for uh, for us, and um, I want to thank you very much for coming on, David. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate you for having me, man. Yeah, no worries, man. I'm just going to end the show right there. So um, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.